Welcome to Video Night with your hosts, Michael and Andrew. Hey, everybody. I'm Andrew. That's Mike over there. Hello. Michael. Ike. He's not okay. Mike. He's Michael. Long version of the name. Uh, this is the uh, second episode of the um, Road Movies thing. This is the Road Thrillers. Yeah. This is, the reason why we started this is because I'm on a move. I'm in the process of packing my house right now. By the time you hear this, we'll probably be on the road. So, <clears throat> this is the scary one. The last one was the mythical, mostly mythical adventure. Yeah, like the oddball, the drama. This is, yeah, this is the, the creepy one. And I, I want to start it with Jaws. Why Jaws? Well, I mean, the duel. I mean, no, the car. I mean... Black Cadillac, ah, gotcha. really, really, really. Uh, Black Cadillac and the Duel are very, very, very similar. Um, I don't have trailers for any of those, but I do have one. For There's the a car. lot of movies that are very similar to Duel. It uh, yeah. doesn't really surprise me. So, the car is really Jaws. Uh, most definitely. Evil has visited the Earth in many forms. Now it returns as the car. There was no driver in the car. The car possessed. I know why he didn't go into the cemetery. The ground was hallowed. Who knows what it wants? They all know nothing can stop the car. This is Wade! We can't let him through no matter what! There's nowhere to turn. The car, he's in here! Nowhere to hide, no way to stop the car. What evil force drives the car? And I, I was amazed by it. I've never seen it before. I saw it on the shelf years ago, like when Anchor Bay had it. But I didn't know anything about it, so I was like, hmm, I don't know. Maybe I'll I, pick it up one of these days. I've only ever seen the blown out version until the one that I, I got us to watch. Oh, you're talking like Pan and Scan? VHS? Yeah. It's Ugh. disgusting. It, it, seriously, I, I hated the movie for that reason. It was just like, I can't watch, no, I can't watch it. No, 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 no. Okay, well, the story of the car is the story of Jaws, except Jaws is not satanically motivated and not a car. And not even as petty. <laughs> The car is petty. The car is a petty Satanist uh, in the, the 70s Satanic Panic version of Satanists where all they want to do is sacrifice, eat, and kill uh, virgins or uh, innocent folk. This also has a sort of vengeance, like like a, a sin thing before the, the, right. sins, the sins of, uh, you know, Friday the 13th rule. Everybody who sins gets killed. Um... Not everybody who sins gets killed in this. In fact, an abusive guy is one of the saviors because he has dynamite. But um, <laughs> but uh, the girl, the woman, you don't. Nah, I can't ruin it. It's really yeah, good. Do not ruin that. I, I can't. I can't ruin it. There, there's lots of girls and lots of women in this. It's it's a cool movie like that. But um, strong women. Yeah, um, yeah, she's awesome, isn't she? Yeah, she is. She gets in there and just like talks some. Oh, come on, buddy, let's go, you wimp. Yeah, uh, she she talks some smack. But the thing is, the car is it comes out of nowhere. Where is this set? Do you remember? Uh, New Mexico, I think. That's what I thought. So it's this beautiful desert landscape. Um, 
and then this car well, goes around. The way it's filmed, everything is very bland and washed out, but then this car comes in. By the way, this car is designed by George Barris. Who Who's that? Just, he did a custom designs for Batmobile, Green okay. Hornets, the right. Monsters, stuff like that. So he was really well known for doing movie and TV customs. And he just all he did was lower the top and then widen some stuff on the outer, like, you know, the, the front of the car, and it's just so menacing. And how it's shot, how the vehicle itself is shot, maybe with a, the frame rate or something, it looks it unnatural. It looks strange. Yeah. It almost looks like an RV car, but it's not, because it's full scale. So, RC car, sorry. Um, but, uh, okay, so what this has to do with the Duel is the Duel came out a few years before that uh, by Spielberg. Same who then, studio. Yeah, who then did Jaws. And somebody then got, like, the idea to do Jaws as a car, really. Yeah, basically. They did that with White Buffalo, remember? No, White Buffalo is basically a a Charles Bronson flick. Uh, Buffalo is basically Jaws. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Well, Black Cadillac is the most recent one of these types of things. It came out in 2003, and it's about a Black Cadillac chasing some guys. And it's very similar to The Duel. Right. That. Um, it spends more time with the characters, though. Whereas, yes, yeah, it does. And, and the duel is just one man, basically yeah. losing his mind with all the stress. This one is Randy Quaid messing with these kids. You may uh, not, I don't, you don't know if he's just doing it for his amusement or if he's doing it because he's part of the bad crew. You don't he's a, know. He's he's a he's a ornery um, sheriff. Very ornery sheriff. So I I think it's more. Just his personality. Right. The kids are good. I thought the kids were pretty good. Yeah. It starts off kind of crap. Now, have you you ever been in a situation like this? What do you mean? Where somebody tails you? Um, no. The only time I ever had anything where it's dangerous car-wise was, uh, I was on the highway and I was passing a semi and, I mean, he was going slow as a snail and I was in my my pickup. I mean, we're not talking like a super fast pickup. We're just talking an everyday S10. Right. And I was passing him by, and he started gunning. And I tried to speed up, and he kept gunning it. Speed up, gun. And it was like this war, and I finally just said, screw it, I'll back up. And then I didn't realize that there was another truck what behind. What was behind me now is closing me off. I cannot get back into my lane, and there's another vehicle coming the other way. I have no choice. I have to go as fast as I possibly can. I'm pushing this S10 like 90 miles per hour. And literally, my best friends are in the seats next to me, screaming their heads off, and I zoom right in. And uh, when it was over with, like 10 minutes later, it finally, like, the panic, the sweat, all that white went away. And I was like, oh my god, that was such an adrenaline rush. Like, I loved it for a second, but I knew how For a second, right, yeah. right. Well, I have a similar story, but this is a big black pickup behind me. Huge raised black pickup. Not a monster truck, but pretty, pretty high up off the ground. And I'm in a Saturn. Oh, great. A Saturn stick shift. I, I worked this thing like crazy. This is pretty good. But I'm on the freeway. I'm on in L.A. On the 101, it turns into the 10. Or closing in and turning into the 10, there's a steep uh, decline. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, okay. It's all the same what you said. I It's behind me, and I have to gun it. And it keeps getting behind me, and I have to gun it. So I decide to move around it, you know changed lanes into the slower lane let him go and he goes and then i eventually moved back into the right lane or or left lane it's fast lane and then i notice it's behind me again where'd it come from 
it went up ahead, slowed down, changed lanes, and got behind me again. And it kept doing this. So finally, I just stayed in the right lane, in the slow lane, but I was still going fast. And as we get to the... Uh, actually, not... It was a three-lane or four-lane, so I'm in one of those other lanes. Um, it's a, just ahead of me, like a car and a half ahead of me, and it's going... And I'm, like, kind of matching its speed, but I'm behind it, of course. And then... Cop lights turn on. Siren, cop lights. Pull over! Siren, pull over! They got me, so I pull over, but the the pickup pulls over on off the off-ramp, but it doesn't do the off-ramp. It goes up the side of the embankment, that grass embankment. That, uh-huh. It goes up that, just before they pull me over like they didn't even see it. And so I explained this whole thing to them, and they're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sure. Right. So then they go back, and I... Well, I explained. The car that just... is The pickup truck that just jumped up there, up the off-ramp, up the embankment to the off-ramp, that's the guy that you should actually be going after. He was kind of terrorizing me. And until, you know, the sirens and the lights. They came back, and they were like, All right, you can go, Einstein. They were, like, really rude to me. Einstein? Yeah. Through my whole explanation, they thought I was a big idiot. So they called me Einstein about it. That, that, wow. Hey, at least they didn't get shot. At least they didn't get shot by a cop. So, for, for being Einstein. But anyway, that's, that's my terror tale on the highway. Um, it was crazy. They, they, they actually did take off after up the, up the off-ramp. So. Oh, okay. Because I didn't want you to tell me. And then five minutes later, after the cops were gone, they came back behind me. Again. No, no, no. Well, no. My, my tale ends there, and I'm happy that it ends there. And I hope it never happens again, because it was pretty terrifying, actually. Yeah. Especially my rickety, rickety oh, Saturn. You're controlling this. I'm sorry. Yeah, this yeah. So I'm relinquishing control. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm the, ne- the next one. The next one is what you like. You like road games. I like road games. Oh yeah, it's so good. I hadn't seen it in a while, and I didn't realize how sophisticated it was. See, I'd only ever seen the TV cut. Hey, talk so, about it. I didn't watch it for this list, but I've seen it. Road games. The truck driver plays games. The hitchhiker plays games. Aren't you kind of young to be hitchhiking out here all by yourself? Aren't you kind of old to be picking me up? And a killer is playing the deadliest game of all. Oh, he's just killed a girl. Did he make love to her first? I don't know. What's the difference? It makes a lot of difference. I think in order to play the game properly, we have to know what he thinks of women. Stacy Keach is quid. No, no, it's Q-U-I-D. D is in death, the young girl, you cretin. Jamie Lee Curtis is hitch. Back camera. Oh, you're right. Looking for a little adventure. I could go to Disneyland for a little adventure. But I'm looking for is a little excitement. <gasps> Road games. Across 1,600 miles of desert highway, they're playing games of violence and sudden death. Road games. It's my game. Okay, Sherlock. If someone doesn't stop soon, there won't be anyone left alive to play. Road games. I yeah. have it. Uh, so. The version I had seen, of course, heavily edited, uh, pain and scan, um, and I saw it like you know, like eight, 95, 96 or something like that. And I wasn't really into Hitchcock movies. Basically, this is a Hitchcockian thriller. It's 
not an homage. It's just in that style. It's not the way Brian De Palma does a Hitchcocky right, right. movie. This is just has that same flavor. Would you and, say it's kind of like Rear Window on Wheels? Yes, very much so. Basically, uh, Stacy Keach is over in Australia. He's doing like his, I don't know. Do you he's, a he's, he's a trucker. He's a trucker. Is it a contract? How yeah, do you, yeah. How he's do he's work? just yeah. a trucker. Yeah, he's in Australia and he's doing some odd jobs over there. And just through circumstances, he seems to find. This the one, one America. Well, no, the one American. I thought you were going to talk about her. No, no, but that's not yet. Okay. No, he's following this gentleman who, you know, oh, he's burying stuff out in the desert. He has these massive bags of trash. You know, you know, he doesn't really, like, it seems odd. Yeah. But as it builds, it gets weirder and weirder and weirder. But along the way, he does pick up Jamie Lee Curtis, who originally was not supposed to be cast. But the only way it was going to get American distribution was casting an American actress. Right, right, her on right. the cheap. She's only in it for, like, you know... 30 minutes at most yeah, out of yeah, an hour and a half. Yeah, she's towards the end. The middle middle to the end. Yeah, and basically they go on this little adventure trying to find out what this guy is up to. Is it all in Stacy Keach's head? Has he been on the road too long? Is he imagining it? Is this really happening? And it all boils down to one of the greatest endings. I mean, this thing just really goes. It's it's a big mind game, but at the same time it has a little bit of uh, the Mad Max flavor. I mean, oh, who's well, that time? Well, it's it's Australia, and Australia had this right. really neat thumbprint on, on car movies. It's not yeah, it's, it's not like so the American car movies were like uh, Vanishing Point, which was possibly going to be in the next podcast. Um, uh, Vanishing Point or Gone in sixty seconds, not the remake, but those are like kind of they don't have this good look to. It. They're just well, Vanishing Point does. The other one doesn't. Gone in sixty seconds or Junkman or whatever. Do do you know those movies? Yeah, I tried watching. They're miserable. Right, they're just a bunch of cars crashing, and it's just not. But in Australia, there's they have yeah, they have care and they have an aesthetic to their car movies. Right, and it's not just about the car. A lot of movies in the '70s were exploitation when it comes to cars, like Grand Theft Auto, and you know, so like that was just about the car crashes. Yeah, this includes great stories. That also have to have amazing car chases. Right. And um, I think I appreciate it way more now. And it's a shame that Richard Franklin is a director that not a lot of people know. I mean, his biggest hit, I believe, was Psycho 2. Mm. And for the most part, he did, you know, just like these small movies that barely got... Remember Link, the chimpanzee Monkey. movie, The yeah. of a Shoe? Yeah, I mean, that's... Other than that, he really didn't do a whole lot. Hmm. I think he did Patrick. Patrick was the one that I think he made his name on, and then they oh, the guy out. Patrick who did Patrick did Extra. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, then I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> you're, you're just tired. Harry uh, Davenport did Patrick. Really? Uh, yeah. I'm looking it up. Sorry. Go ahead. Keep talking yeah, while. I look. No, no. The next one is actually something that I just watched. Um, okay, Road Games. Great. It is great. I didn't talk a lot about it because I didn't refresh my memory on it. By the way, the print for Road Games is, the the uh, DVD is beautiful, but it's very hard to find. It's way out of print. I hope someone that's That's soon. why uh, we have it on YouTube. Ah. So, uh, you guys got to look at the link for that we're going to supply you when we post this. Okay, Lost. The movie Lost. Okay. 2004. I picked this up. Yeah, I picked this up when Blockbuster Video was going out of business. Got it for like... 75 cents something i literally walked in no it was hollywood video i walked into a hollywood video and i live up in oregon at the time so there's hollywood video like every other block right and they're like uh 
how many DVDs do you think you're going to get? I'm like, that's a weird question to ask. But And I go, well, how much are they? And they're like, well, they're uh, like 50 for $10. I'm not really exaggerating. Right. And I go, you see that long cardboard tray there? I mean, seriously, this thing was six foot right. cardboard tray. And I walked around with it behind me like a little kid <laughs> just shoving movies in there, grabbing whatever even slightly interested in me. Until you picked and up Lost. I picked up Lost. And, you know, I've, I've been a fan of Dean Cain. I like him. He's a very likable guy. He's not exactly the greatest actor, at least so far. Right. Uh, at, at that point, I had not seen him do something. He's usually those terrible sci-fi movies like Dragon Fighter or whatever. Yeah, terrible sci-fi movies or, or maybe even lifetime quality uh, acting He's that, he was, you know, Dean Cain, Superman from Lois and Clark. Yeah, uh, he's just a likable guy who just continued to get work. Now, uh, so I picked up Lost, and basically this movie is his showcase. Yeah. And it's a shame that no one has seems to have seen this, because if they had, he would be acting in, in Studio Fair. Yeah, it's, um, it's on YouTube. We got it there, too, on our playlist. Um, I watched it, and... Yeah, it reminds me, I didn't even see this movie, but Tom Hardy has a movie called uh, Locke, and he, oh, yeah, right. he's, it's all him in a car. Now this one, um, Lost isn't him just in the car, he gets out of the car every once in a while, but I think Locke is just him driving across London, so, and it's just an hour and a half of him making phone calls and driving in his car, and huh. that's... That's Locke, but I haven't seen it. But it, by the way, it, this Richard seems... Franklin did direct Patrick. Your guy or my guy? My guy. Oh, okay. Well, and Cloak and Dagger. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Cloak and Dagger. We is good. Yeah, we had talked yeah. about that. All right. Uh, so, um, Lost though just reminded me like it's a prototype of that newer movie, where it's just a man in a car. And the dilemmas that's going on. Right, that's kind of a trend now. There's Buried, where he's in a coffin. And then there's, uh, what's the one with uh, Stephen Dorff? Uh, Carjacked or something like that, where he's just stuck in the trunk of a car. Hmm. The, uh, vehicle 19 with Paul Walker. It's like a thing now. Oh, Vehicle just, 19 is amazing. Where an actor just basically one location or, or trapped in a certain thing, and it basically forces them to act their butt off. It's a really good showcase for actors that are underrated. Yeah. And basically, Dean Kane is completely lost in the desert. He's going from L.A. to Vegas, I believe. But somewhere yeah. along the way, he gets completely lost. And There's a, seen... like an OnStar sort of thing, but it's, yeah. a, ma- it's a map. It's pre-OnStar. It's, a, it's just a map service that has a call number. So he uses that. And he's, so, not very, yeah, tech... he's not very nice to the chick on the phone. No, he's not. He's uh, losing his patience, and he's got Danny Trejo, Danny Trejo's voice for the most part, following him because he took something very, very important. And all he needs to do is get to Vegas, get to his wife, and be free. Yeah. And a lot of stuff you just hear. You don't really see a whole lot of what's going on, but the things that... It does get trippy because he ends up being lost in strange ways. He ends yeah. up being back where he started, uh, back where he stopped the initial time he was lost. And how did he even... How did that even work? But I anyway, that that's part of the mystique of the film. So and he, his desperation as the movie goes on, he gets more and more desperate, more frustrated, and it's just it's a really good piece, and it's scary. I mean, I'm terrified of being lost in the desert, especially if someone's after me. Yeah, there's no one to hide among. Right, right, because it's all flat. Everything's flat except for a billboard. And it gets peed on. 
Yeah, it's it's hard to find, but you said it's on our uh, playlist. Yeah, it's on our playlist. Right. That's how, we're, that's we're, how we're, I watched it. The playlist is called Video Night, correct? Yeah. Video Night exclamation point. Yep. Well, so, we'll put a link up. Um, this one uh, I suggested. Uh, we just watched it. It was just a fluke. My wife decided to just put it on, and she's like, watch this. It's called In Fear. It's a two-week anniversary. Can't have a two-week anniversary. For a special treat at the hotel. Maps says to go that way. Sign says that way. This way. Yeah. How can we be back at this bit again? We're not lost. We're in a maze. I thought I saw someone. <laughs> Just your imagination playing tricks. There's someone there. Don't behind you! What if we killed someone? Why are they doing this to us? Are you messing with me? Why would you say that? Just keep on. There was no face. I couldn't see his face. Oh yeah, I just watched it too. Um, like right after you told me, I had to see it because I was kind of hem and haw. And the reviews on Netflix are like two stars. Yeah, I didn't recognize anybody. Way. It so, dude, it's got it's got uh, the little little Scottish dude from uh, uh, Agents of Shield. Um, oh, okay, I don't know his name. Fitz Fitz or Simmons, I think it's Fitz. Anyway, uh, yeah, he's he's also in the upcoming Ryan Gosling directorial debut using uh, that movie but uh, this is uh, this is a nice movie um, Whew, scared the crap out of me numerous times makes you very uneasy like just uh, the tension the, the play the way the director plays with imagery to uh-huh. make you see stuff just for a moment you're like whoa what did you see especially if you look away for a second and you see it all we're like whoa whoa what just happened so uh, give, it's a guy yeah it's a, it's a it's a guy and a girl they're they're two weeks fresh into their relationship he's way into her she's not sure if she's way into him and that actually those that that um setup right there grows as you're watching the movie it grows in whichever way that it grows you have to figure it out when you watch it but um as they he decides that he wants to do something romantic and he had booked a hall uh, a little hotel for their uh, they're going on to be at some rock concert festival oh, okay and on the way there he's like i booked a hotel so we could stay the night there and then meet up with our friends at the at the big field where the rock show is and this is in ireland so they're driving across ireland and it's actually very flat quite like a, the desert movie except things yeah. are green Things are. I actually green. thought it was in Australia when I first started watching. Cause I was. Oh, really? I will say this: the first twenty minutes, I was not paying that close uh, attention. And then all of a sudden, I was just like, "Hold on, I'm putting this down." What? <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all lush and more green, but it's fields instead of uh, like stones and sand. Right. Uh, and they get to this the place, and it ends up being a maze, where all the signs say "go this way" and "go that way," and they follow the signs, and they end up really lost and they just can't get back can't get out but somebody's messing with them yeah they were not alone there was something that happened off screen off camera that they keep referencing what did you do in the bar what happened in the bar in the Mm -hmm. pub you were at the pub and you talked to those guys what did you do what did you say and he's passing it off like no i didn't it was nothing i took care of something it's no big deal but maybe, or maybe not, he got under some guy's skin. He said something wrong to him, 
whatever. Yeah. And he's he's not from there, so outsiders be warned. So anyway, it has some jump scares. Holy but moly! But they're they're not a uh, cat jumping out of the woods or anything. Right, they're not cliche. They don't play with sound. You don't make that bing. You know, make you jump. It's yeah. true fear. It's just something that uh, imagery, uh, the, the the what's actually going on instead of someone just playing with you. The cliches of how to scare someone. In fear, it's highly recommended. I don't have it on a playlist. I have it. <laughs> it's on uh, Netflix. I don't have it. I have a subscription to Netflix. So so should you, and that's good. Okay, so this next movie, you saw it for the first time, I think. Which one? Race with the Devil. Yes, very first time. I, uh, people talk about it a lot. But somehow I never got to it. I even like Warren Oates. Not huge on Peter Fonda. I've always felt Peter Fonda was kind of cool and disconnected. I, I can't really get into actors like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, I thought Ernest Borgnine was in this, but I must be thinking of a whole different movie. Is You're probably movie thinking of, of uh, Devil's Reign. Uh, oh, okay, okay. We saw somebody murdered. Some sort of ritual across the river. A girl got stabbed. 20th Century Fox presents... Race with the Devil, starring Peter Fonda and Warren Oates. There was nowhere they could hide. They've seen us. There was nothing they could do but run and fight and race with the devil. Race with the Devil, rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Yeah, uh, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's the same way with the car. Uh, this is a better movie than the car because the car is a little trashy. It's a little uh, drive-in, even though it's awesome. Uh, uh, Race of the Devil is one of the most intense. I was sweating. I was just like losing my cool. And uh, here's the thing I noticed about the movie is uh, I feel like the director of Road Warrior had seen this movie. Yeah. Do you feel like the final chase sequence is very similar? Yeah, probably. Possibly. Yeah. Here's the weird thing is, in order to talk about Race of the Devil properly, you kind of ruin the surprise. It's well, very, but you watch I'm, the trailer, you know. But there, Yeah, there's there's not too much of a surprise. I don't know what surprise you're necessarily talking about. I'm just well, going to get this the, I never saw the trailer. Oh. Well, I'm I just going to get the setup. So these this, this, uh, two best buds and their wives go on a little vacation in January. Uh, and I think they're in Texas, I think, or something. And a super deluxe. Yes, they're yeah. going to Amarillo. They're going to Amarillo. Yeah, so they're, they're the in RV Texas. The RV is sweet. They have the sweet RV. With um, a microwave. Yeah. Heck yeah, that's a luxury item right there. <laughs> and a television. Um, and then they they get drunk one night, and they're just hanging out um, at the RV, at this secluded spot that they found. And then they um, witness... This is, again, the 70s. Just like the car, satanic panic happens, and the car actually has... It's just a car, mythical monster thing, and this actually has a coven that is doing something uh, horrible. Well, if you consider human sacrifice horrible. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I, kind of low on my list. I yeah. do, but um, anyway, they witness this, and then all hell breaks loose. That's basically it. I ruined the movie for you. Basically, it's it, it's how they created Larry the Cable Guy. It's his, it's his origin story. Is he was born out of that sacrifice? <laughs> oh, I see, I see, I see. I get you. I, I wasn't following at first, and I still no. I'm joking. Um, so I was wondering if Drive Angry is at all influenced by this movie. Oh, I 
They've even said it was. Did they? Yeah, they said that. Uh, I mean, it's not a direct copy by any means. It's not even an homage. But you can see there's a lot of that flavor throughout. It's a race car movie. Has to do with Satanists uh, and hell and stuff like that. And um, but there's two different feelings to this. Uh, race of the Devil is more about panic and stress. Drive Angry is more about kicking butt. Yeah, it's kicking butt, taking names, and being awesome. See, Drive Angry seems like it doesn't have the cultural heft that these satanic panic movies did um the satanic panic exploitation movies not not to be confused with the christian satanic panic stuff or whatever that stuff is just usually really cheesy and badly acted and these movies are actually really great um the car james brolin this has uh warren oates and fonda in it they're really well acted uh, i have to say this compared to Peter Fonda, Warren Oates should have gotten an Oscar. Yeah. Only based on the fact, Warren Oates, every single scene in that movie, he is he's on fire. He's every, authentic. Every, he, yeah, he's really thinking. He is reacting. He is thinking. He is listening. He is not waiting for his moment. He is literally in those scenes, diving into whatever is going on. I, I, I watched it just in absolute amazement. He is a great actor, but this is his I think one of his finest roles. I was amazed. And everybody talks about like Cockfighter and uh, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia's being yeah. his like. Yeah, yeah. But man, this one's underrated. This is definitely belongs one of his best. Yeah, there was a while. Um, there, there's a, a whole handful of these movies between the mid 70s and the mid 80s. They're all about satanic um, covens in small town Americana. Uh, I won't get into them, but this is among the best yes. of those. Now, Drive Angry is awesome in its own way. Now, I'll say this. The minute I saw it in the theater, I walked around to everybody saying how amazing it was. That they had mm-hmm. to go see this with the most blank face. I was like, are you, are you kidding? Because this is when we turned on Nicolas Cage. Yeah, everybody and, turned on. And the movie didn't make much, but uh, I think it has a call following. I bought it, and yeah, I'll but... say the, the second time around, I don't think I liked it as much. I agree with you. What is, get, uh, let's well, give it. 3D. Let's get. Let's give it you, five years and and let's see. Yeah, did you watch it in three D? Uh, I'm not sure if I did. I probably did actually. I don't go see giant tent poles with three D. I see these little tiny weirdo movies yeah. in three D. Um, but the three D in it was uh, astonishing. It was really really good three D. And yeah. you know, it's just like uh, well, Todd Farmer wrote this, and yeah. he's the one who wrote Jason X. You can see he has a lot of love for his movies. Yeah. And Patrick Lucier is that how you say him? Lucier. Lucier. Yeah. He, 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 a grab bag for every movie that's good. <laughs> you got one that's like, oh no, like Dracula 2000 is a rough one. I really can't say that he's an auteur, but I can say that um, there's a certain thing that he does that you go, oh, that's Patrick Lussier. And then there's a certain thing that he does, that you go, oh, that that's Patrick Lussier. But it's way better than that other yeah. Patrick Lussier, and that's Drive Angry. Drive Angry is just a footnote here. I was just wondering if it was. Do you think yeah. it, it was influenced? Uh, but the next one you told me to watch, that is Scenic Route. Okay. Yeah, and I don't think you were on board at first. I think you were kind of like, I don't know. I was just like, ah, oh, I haven't seen it. I, is, I, is it a thriller? I, what is... And it's it's in everything. It's got some comedy. Um, but, but bro, like two best friends bickering kind of comedy, not like... Well, yeah, fra- the, the movie boy. changes almost every 20 minutes. Yeah. It turns it, into something different every 20 it's minutes. It's got... So. 
It's got the thriller um, aspect of like the two guys. The bicker turns into uh, an all-out battle. It's got the um, stranded aspect because it's two guys. They go on a road trip to wherever. They're getting back to the guy's house, um, to his family, and they're best friends. One of them is uh, kind of a loser kind of guy, but he's a creative, and he doesn't want to sell out. And he thinks that his best friend is sold out uh, in favor of a, a, a family life and a paycheck and all the stuff that he swore in college that he would never take and all that stuff. Yeah. So, that's the bones of it. It's, uh, it's kind of like Lost, where it's a character piece. It's yeah. Two guys basically all alone. Dan Fogler and Josh Duhamel, who completely surprised me. Uh, he was never a bad actor. But no, but like this is totally great, ain't it? Oh, my this God. Is, he's like, he flips out, and then oh, craps, and then he slowly goes insane. And the resolve of the film is what really made me, uh, all of it to set up to the resolve and the resolve, I'll say, is kind of Twilight Zone-ish. Yeah, definitely. And and that's what makes this movie. They get lost. They get stranded. Uh, the best friend disables a car on purpose, but then enables a car. The car works, but then now, by happenstance, by not his doing, the car doesn't start. And they're stranded. And they're in the Mojave Desert or something. Right. On this unused road, rarely used road, and no water. Yeah, it's they, the the madness happens. The they have to get out, so they what start I love walking. The, you know, in movies like Man. where they have they have the argument to set up a situation. The argument yeah. usually tends to be kind of stupid and petty, mm-hmm. and it's just to get you to the next thing. This is one of those movies where the argument makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. They're actually listening to each other. The answers, yeah. each um, step makes sense in the escalation of their argument. Right. They're, they're actually this. realized characters. In fact, this could could have been a stage play, really. Right. And, and it's just, as you said, a character piece where these two actors are, are really acting. And Dan Folger, I'm not sold on him necessarily always as... Uh, like in the projects that he does, he's just usually a ham bone goof off yeah. and whatever. And this, he plays some of that, but that's just I think part of his personality. Yeah. The the other stuff that happens with the, what he does with the characters is just fantastic. Both of them, they really make those two guys best friends. They also really make them two guys that hate each other and love each other at the same time. Uh, they're threatened by various things in society and so that's their motivation as well <laughs> it's it's just a really layered film that ends up being fascinating by its ending which I, again it's a very twilight zone-ish twist ending it's so. on netflix so easy to find um you know of course dvd everywhere and uh any streaming seriously find this movie it's really great you you wouldn't expect it because it didn't get get that kind of a push, but man. No, I think it was like in you know, five theaters. Yeah. That kind of thing. Death Valley, 82, 1980. It's not called Death Valley, 82. It's called Death <laughs> Valley. Death Valley with Peter B- Billingsley. Things are very quiet in Death Valley these days. In fact, you can go for miles without spotting a corpse. However, if you're patient, something or somebody is bound to turn up. 
Take this loving couple, for instance. I wouldn't get too fond of them if I were you, because they won't be around very long. No, please, no. A pity. They seem so nice. This is Billy. He has a big problem for such a little person. He can identify the killer, and the killer can identify Billy. Now, this chap is the local sheriff. The sheriff is wondering who is behind that door. Unfortunately, he is. Death Valley is full of little surprises. Death Valley, quite fashionable as a last resort. Another one of my choices. Um, I'm not going to say this is a 100% top-notch of this list. There's hmm. a couple aspects of the movie that I find really appealing. Um, basically, it's Peter Billingsley, you know, from Christmas Story. Yep. He's in New York with his father, Edward Herman, and he's being told that he's going on a road trip with his mother, who is freshly divorced, new boyfriend, which comes as a surprise. So it's Catherine Hicks from Child's Play, and mm-hmm. then Paula Matt, who may be the most underrated... Uh, like just general like guy you know like the the good boy what's the word i'm looking for i feel like i sound like an idiot boy uh, next door yeah, but he's not a boy he's always been a man so the guy next door yeah the guy next door kind of thing you know kind of a tom <coughs> hanks type you know just a very pleasant very good actor it's just he never got those kind of roles where he broke out and never became like a, a an a-lister but you know okay so back to the plot sorry uh paula matt um, is the new boyfriend. They're going on a road trip through Death Valley, and there is a mysterious car along, following them. Basically, well, at, following them at one point, and the kid keeps looking at him. Rec memorizes the car really right, and just happens to be a collection of dead bodies wherever they go. Mm-hmm. And the kid is a witness. He knows who did it. He and takes. He actually takes something from the scene of a crime that he didn't really know was a scene of a crime until they came upon a wreck that had to do with it, and uh, that's a cute scene. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cute. It's, I it's don't. A, I don't want to go to prison for ninety nine years. Yeah, anyway. um, his performance is kind of frustrating because, uh, yes, he's a kid, so yeah. you can't expect a whole lot. Uh, I've seen better actors at a younger age. He would get better later in life. He but... does get better. Yeah, yeah. This is before Christmas Story. Right. This is right before Christmas Story. What, what was he doing before this? He was doing some sort of commercial. He was really famous for, right? I don't know. Like you I... or something. Somehow he became famous enough that he All got right. a movie role. And it's this game between the killer and this boy, and it's just funny how certain things work out. Like the killer shoots at him, and he thinks it's all part of this cowboy game that they're playing. It's just weird how, in his mind, it plays out. But some of the scenes, you're like, oh, he's not talented enough yet. He hasn't discover that acting ability to really sell this scene so that part and then honestly then there's a flip in midway in the film wherever they're shooting i'm assuming midway um he does actually get some chops it's it's strange like that yeah i think i, I noticed a, a shift in it so maybe he was coached appropriately during that maybe scenes. uh steve uh, mccaddy's in it i'm not gonna say who he is yeah wilford steve brimley. mccaddy wilford brimley and those other folks that you said, and the late great Edward Herman, who has a really small part in this. Right, just as he's a just kind father. of a, a, a launcher. Yeah, uh, I do want to say something real quick about Paul Lamat, though. I really enjoy this actor. I don't understand how someone who was nominated for like four Gold Globes won two of them for Best Actor. Doesn't and... go on. No, I mean five years later he's in Puppet Master, which was straight to video. I don't understand what happened. 
Huh. That's one of those most confusing things in Hollywood where a guy can get that much acclaim in awards and then just all you're done. It's it's direct to video town for you. Yeah. Well, with Death Death Valley, um, I would say I saw the twist happening, but I imagined it actually as it happened. I imagined it to be different. I imagined it a yin and a yang situation. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Now, if you understand that, you've seen the movie. If you haven't, watch the movie. It is on the Netflix, uh, not Netflix, uh, on the YouTube thing. And so, um, I've got it on there. Well, you yeah, Shout Factory put it out on DVD finally. I had a very uh, expensive, well, I didn't pay much for it, but it was worth a lot of money. I had it on VHS for a while and I sold it because I needed the cash. But um, the one thing I do have a stickler about is Dick Richards is a very accomplished director, but... He does not handle the action sequences very well. Maybe it's because we've become more sophisticated with the action. Maybe Scream kind of changed it. This thing was pretty brutal at points in which it didn't need to be brutal. Or like just the killer who is seemingly following them. When he just takes out a person, it's like, why are you, one, taking out that person? They're not a threat to you or anything. Right. Some of the stuff is So for everything that's great, there is something that you kind of go, no, no. So it's kind of a 50-50 shot. I, I also will say, I'm I'm honestly tired of the depiction of fat people. I'm, I'm not fat. But I'm tired of the depiction of fat people being people who lust after any food that's near them. Right, and they always die instantly afterwards. Yeah, it's that, this movie has that, that trope, cliche yeah. thing. And that's annoying. That was really annoying. I was like, what? He offers her some candy bar and she's like, can I have them all? Ah, sorry. <laughs> so the uh, actually, the, I put these two together because they're both kid flicks. Um, Conan Tate. Cohen, he kills people for money. Please. Tate would happily do it for fun. They've been teamed up to get Travis Knight away from his family and the FBI and deliver him alive to the mob. It's done. Yeah, done. Almost. Travis Knight. He's nine years old, and he's gonna give them hell. Cohen and Tate. A two-man army ready for anything. It's working, Mr. Cohen. Except a nine-year-old, hell-bent on survival. His only hope to turn them against each other. Kill him, Mr. Cohen. Take it easy, Mr. Cohen. Things are getting a little out of hand, don't you think? A terrifying race against time, with death in pursuit. Cohen and Tate. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, it's another one that's a little clumsy in the beginning. This is Eric Red's first directorial effort. He had written The Hitcher, uh, the original Hitcher, and then he co-wrote Near Dark. So he had, you know, a history writing some really great movies. And when it came to directing, I feel like the first 15, 20 minutes, it doesn't go that well until they it's got, really... It's got a lot of lag right there. Yeah, but once it gets going, once... Uh, okay, so it's Roy Scheider... Adam Baldwin, they're after this boy who was a witness to a mob murder. And then when I say boy, I mean like seven. Nine. Nine years oh, old. Oh, nine? Oh, was it nine? Yeah. Um, yeah. They take out his parents and they take him, and they're supposed to take him, what, down to Texas or something to the mobster that they want to talk yeah. to him. They don't really say what they want to do with him or why he's going down, but you don't want to know. I feel like it's going to be a really bad thing. Yeah, um, his dad does survive. 
Oh, I forgot it. You just gave that away. No, <laughs> no, no. It's actually not that integral. No, it's of a not. Point. It's not even that important. But uh, um, the really, the really, the big thing. This is all on the road too, and strangely, everything is Texas lately. Yeah, huh. weird. I wonder. I'm I'm moving to Texas. So. Uh, hmm. Uh, it's anyway, Roy Scheider's uh, basically yeah. a very very good hit man. He's like he's a pro- those... professional that he gets paid to kill, and that's his job. So One shot and done. But he's getting kind of broken down. He's losing his hearing. He's getting older. While he's still a hell of a shot, he's starting to get, you know, bad. He's starting to get sick. He's an old dude. Yeah, and then you have Adam Baldwin, who's all fire. Just uh, no real talent for killing. No, he's just... Okay, I equate it like this. Roy Scheider is a scalpel. Adam Baldwin is a sledgehammer. Yeah, I was going to say something like that. Yes. Yeah, a big old hammer. Yeah, and they rub raw against each other, and I don't think I think this is a first mission together, right? Do you get the yeah. feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 this fledgling thing, and Baldwin is, uh, I would say, psychopath. I wouldn't say sociopath. If you go socio versus psycho, I would say Roy Scheider is a sociopath. Right, socio um, he tends not to feel a lot, uh, not a lot of emotions going on there. Psychopaths are almost all emotions, just like just keeping so. it together. So so Baldwin is is constantly a hair trigger, and the kid is trying to play them against each other that kid at is various good. points. Yeah, the kid is actually a better actor than Billingsley in the same age. Right, so. and uh, you know what's funny is he's he doesn't act anymore, but he created Hint Mint. You've seen those on the shelf, right? Who did the kid? Yeah, the kid. He's now the CEO of Hint Mint. <laughs> So he's made a bazillion dollars off that. I used to see it everywhere. I'm not so sure if it's still around, but, you know, it was very popular for a while there. Yeah, yeah it's just funny how you can just, kids, you know, they just act because, you know, it's a thing for a while and they can move on sometimes. Maybe showbiz parents. Maybe. Maybe. But anyway, uh, Con- yeah. Conan right. Tate, I, I enjoyed, actually the kid was the best thing about it, really, um, as far as performance-wise. Roy Scheider um, didn't have, and it's not the role for him to do it to eat up the screen. Um, Baldwin was really rough. I think Baldwin's kind of rough in a, a lot of what he does. Yeah, and you know, uh, Roy Scheider was always kind of a cool, disconnected kind of guy. Anyway, I mean, he yeah, had passion, but he wasn't really a, like an overly emotional actor. Yeah, and, and he's one of my favorites. And this is that I don't know. You know, he is another one of those actors where he had a bunch of hits, and then all of a sudden it just kind of er, tapered off. Yeah. Well, he did. He did do uh, Naked Lunch, uh, and that was in early '90s. Yeah, but he became so, a supporting by then. When he became a supporting, yeah, it that helped. was supporting. Yeah. But he did like a bunch of like really low budget, independent kind of stuff. This is this is like boy, a couple million dollars, probably. You know, Nelson Entertainment. Right as they went bankrupt, remember oh, they, Nelson Entertainment yeah. sold uh, Bill and Ted off right after. Right. This came out. Hmm. I still remember. Now we said we weren't going to talk about box office, but this is something funny. Uh, I remember seeing in Premier Magazine where they were talking about the Burbs making ten million dollars one weekend. They go, "It doesn't happen very often," which now seems like a joke. Yeah, right. It's a ten million dollars. He goes, "Not every movie opens at ten million dollars, but also not every movie opens at like thirty thousand dollars on something." And that was Cohen and Tate. Oh, ouch! It, I guess it held the record for like lowest per screen average ever, which is a shame. I think it's just because they didn't promote it. Because it's not yeah. a terrible movie. There's much, much worse I, movies. When you said Conan Tate, I was like, isn't that a, like a buddy movie? And you said, the worst buddies ever. <laughs> and now that I've seen it, yes, they are the worst buddies. I'm not the most excited about this movie, but it's it's a fine uh, time time waster, if you will. 
it's, it's another not... one that Shout Factory put out on DVD. And we've got, got on have the, these movies. We've got on the YouTube playlist too. It's there. Now this next one uh, I just watched last night is the last one that I watched, but we have a few more to talk about. This is Switchback, and it's on Netflix. I don't know what made him what he is, and I don't know what makes him kill, but I do know him. You ever seen anything like that before? Yes, I've been there. So close I could almost touch him. I've tracked him for 15 months. He is credited with at least 18 known deaths. No way of knowing how many came before he began telling me about them. Tells you about him. His victims don't struggle. It's like they knew him. I was this close to taking him down, but that's before he made it personal. And he took my son. Special Agent Frank LaCrosse has three days. No prints, no weapon, no witnesses. To uncover the clues. To 18. 18 victims, 18th of February. Day after tomorrow. And follow the trail. State Patrol found his car near a railroad trestle. Seems he lost control while chasing a train. Or he may never see his son again. Where is he? Where? Well, they're looking for some young fellow with brown hair, sort of like yours. Prove it! Where's my son? Do you really think he's still alive? I don't have a choice. Switchback. Um, I saw it a long time ago, and I, I don't think I saw the last scene because I was always confused about why Jared Leto's in it. <laughs> I said, oh. Jared Leto's not his son. He's talking about his son like his son is a little kid. Is he old enough to have Jared Leto as a son? So I was totally, thoroughly confused <laughs> the first time I saw it. And so I watched it this time with some of the same confusion until the very end, and I was like, "Ow, got it. It's cool. I own this on VHS. I wore the VHS out. I uh, adore this movie, and it was not welcomed very well. Oh, it's got such a, a great cast, but it's a sausage fest. It's a bunch of dudes. There's hardly any ladies. Yeah. Um, but for the car, the upholstery in the car... Uh, there's your ladies. Oh, yeah, there you go, yeah. Um, um, and it's against type. Danny Glover's playing against type. Well, maybe not against type, because he has played something a little darker before. But yeah, it, Danny it, Glover's a, a confusing character. They shot this confusingly. Um, uh, is Danny Glover the, the serial killer? Is Jared Leto the serial killer? Um, and when they, before they reveal anything, they shoot some stuff that's like, obviously that's who the serial killer is. And then... They go ahead and direct it like, obviously it's not. Ah, stop playing with my brain! (laughs) You know? But, okay, the story is, serial killer, killing a lot of people. Then he stops. He stops and he abducts an FBI agent's son and gives him a clue. This is where he's going to be. And it looks like February 18th, except it's not necessarily. And I shut up, Andrew. Yeah, and okay. Dennis Quaid was taken off the case of hunting him because of the involvement of his son. But So he's acting against all the jurisdictional rules or whatever, and now his superiors are after him to put him in jail until this is over or just make him serve time because he's violating the policy. Yep. And uh, Arlie Ermey is in it. He also plays somewhat against type because he's usually kind of a loudmouth, annoying jerk. This is, I said to my wife, this is the nicest character he's ever played it's ridiculous he's so great i like this character a lot he, what, he, uh, uh, he you role. know he's he's a he's a he's a hard line uh sheriff except he's, he's also fair and right and correct he's not a he's not one of these small town pig-headed right and sheriffs. william fickner what could have been uh, a one-note 
a nemesis to him. But he's he's complicated as well, and he plays it more like a politician trying to get into the thing. He's actually playing it for politics as opposed right. to being a cop. So there's layers there. Then Ted Levine is his deputy. And... Ted Levine. I don't know how you talk like Ted Levine. I have a friend who talks just like, I don't know how to talk like Ted Levine, but if you get that down, it's amazing and creepy. Well, he's in another movie that's coming up, which is great. Um, but, so I should um, say this. Jeb Stewart only directed two movies. I never saw a second movie, but he came off of Die Hard, Leviathan, Lock Up, uh, The Fugitive, and sadly one of the worst Steven Seagal movies ever, Fire Down Below. But Switchback yeah. is awesome. Switchback is good. I enjoyed it. Um, it's a serial killer, Chase a serial killer. It's it's a car movie, and oh man, the car the, on the cliff. Oh yeah. Snow, the snowy sequence. cliff. There's, it's a train movie, it's a car movie. And that's that's it. It's a train trains and cars. Well, uh, I think the action sequences that he also set up were also not only well done, but not exactly ever seen anything like that before. And they're not necessarily cliche either. Yeah, like, I mean the train sequence where they the set up the big finale, whatever. I was like, yeah. I didn't know that existed on a train. I mean, yeah, it's a snowbreaker, right? Yeah. So who who knows about that except for folks in the mountains? I know, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I highly so, recommend this one. Switch, switch back. That's good. All right, what's next? Next one is Highwaymen. Oh, Ted Jim Levine. Caviezel. Jim Caviezel, Highwaymen. Ted Levine. Fior. No, no, oh, that's okay, coming okay. up. Not next, but I said later. I've been tracking him for two years. He drives a 1972 Cadillac Eldorado, Pepper Green. First major highways. Paranoid about running out of gas. He used to stop for repairs, but he's gotten pretty good at taking care of that himself. Sometimes he even lets me get close. He knew what he was doing. What are you talking about? Did he take something of yours? Something to remember you by? He always takes a souvenir. He took my picture. If I can find you, so can he. Okay, I was severely d- disappointed when... What? Uh, what? No, no, oh. no, 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 not the movie. Uh, uh. Highwayman got delayed. It was supposed to come out in the summer. Yeah, yeah, I, re- I remember. They, they, they kept pushing. Something happened. What pushing. Was this Jesus movie? Pushing. Is the Passion? Push. Yeah, well, if it was a Passion of the Christ, why didn't they release it after Passion of the Christ? They released it a month before Passion of the Christ. What yeah, up with uh, that? I don't, I don't, I don't really get it. Um, I like also was Jim only Caviezel like a lot. 200 screens, maybe? 200 maybe at best. I, I i had to hunt the dvd down man yeah so I it, so yeah me too highwayman is great it's it's strange it's bizarre and it's short and it's Very really short. it's really efficient in its short in its storytelling um but it's short. the director of the hitcher robert Hartman. The, oh really yeah yeah it's it's a good it's a good film what it is is there's a guy going around in a car but he um He's all kinds. He's crippled. He's all kinds of crippled. But he, he goes around. Pl- and, he he does not plan well like Kurt Russell did in Death Proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he goes around like running down women. He's a serial killer with a car, and he likes to take pictures and keep them as his collection. Oh, right. But yeah, he's he, a well, broken not not broken just man. Pic- not just yeah. pictures. Anything he'll take a, a souvenir. But he, the last chick he took to take a 
picture of it. That's how Jim Caviezel, whose wife gets hit earlier on in the story, um, Jim Caviezel goes after him, meets up with Rona Mitra, who's a, a, like the only survivor ever. And, and that's and, one uh, amazing sequence. That sequence that starts that off, and they, and they, it's that they kind of show in the trailer, which sells you on it. Whoever designed that did an amazing job. It's terrifying at the same time, very action packed. Yeah, it's efficient. I, I can't tell you how to get a hold of this movie, um, but it, it's well, delight. It's delightful in if you like terrible white knuckle stuff. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's very, very efficient, fast paced, exciting. When Jim Caviezel was still kind of a star. I mean, yes, he's been in a couple movies lately, but this is when he was kind of it kind of had some buzz going with him because he was in Count of Monte Cristo and Frequency. And yeah, I thought this was going to be a big hit, and and they just buried it. Yeah, the Jesus stuff hurt him. The passion hurt his career because Hollywood doesn't like Jesus too much. Um, or they also just don't like snuff films. Those things they, they don't like. Mess. They well, it's more than a snuff film. It's actually shot rather artistically and like it's a horror movie it's like a jesus horror movie there's the satan stuff in that movie is really horror like horror movie direction is good but anyway uh they also don't like mel gibson for obvious reasons so he comes off of that but now he's actually got his nice little career going with blacklist or not blacklist whatever persons of interest yes cbs it's one of the highest rated shows there too right well he just did a movie for disney so i think is disney when the game stands tall yeah yeah, 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 and he's he's really good in the escape plan. Did you see that? Yes. Okay. Well, I wanna... Of course, I I, yeah. I saw the escape plan. We talked about how Schwarzenegger is perfect when oh, he speaks yeah, yeah. German. I want to do an episode where we talk about prison movies because there's a handful of movies yeah. that I want to talk about that are amazing. Yep. Go ahead. Right. Next one. So next one uh, after High Women, which is highly recommended, is the other Ted Levine movie. Gain to gain. Joyride. How far would you go? For the girl you've always wanted, how much would you do for a brother in need? Thank you for coming. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. I'll drop him off in Denver. I'll see you tomorrow. Breaker one, man. This is like a prehistoric internet or something. Can you do a woman's voice? How much fun <laughs> could you have? Hey there, this is Candy Cane. Who's this? Rusty Nail. If I were there, Rusty Nail, I'd make you feel good. Just turning me on. <laughs> when the joke. I'll be at the Lone Star Motel. What room? Room 17. I can't wait. This is awesome! is now on you. We had a little incident here last night. The victim was staying in room 17. What happened to him? Ripped his jaw. Clean off. This fall. You guys ready for an adventure or what? Everything you say. Candy cane. Will come back to haunt you. You really should get that fixed. Get what fixed? That tail light. Everything you see is going to terrify you. And everything you hear... Who's the pretty girl? He's watching us! ...is going to drive you over the edge. I want you two to head inside naked. So how does it feel to be the freak in the room? I was sorry! Why are you doing it? It's just for fun. Just for a laugh. You don't feel like getting together in a motel later. Room 17. Do not be one minute late. Joyride. So you still good, or need me to drive? Oh, Joyride. Oh my god, how did I forget that? Okay, so I tried watching this, uh, and I keep forgetting which cut is the director's cut and which is the, the, the release cut. Theatrical cut. Okay, so when I first saw this, I saw it with a friend of mine. 
I, we got the DVD and we put the DVD in. We're sitting there. We watch the first movie all the way through. Actually, we look at the menu and it says uh, the you know theatrical cut, and then it says deleted scene. So we're like, let's watch the deleted scene after we watch it. Okay, so we watch the movie and we're like satisfied with the movie. And this uh-huh. is a movie that's cool because it's got it's before I realized that Paul Walker was any good, and I kind of ignored this movie. In his thing, like I was still had a grudge on him for being whatever. Uh, Skull, she's all that. Yeah. yeah, she's all that bad guy and whatever. I still was like, nah, he's lame. But he does this movie, and I really enjoyed it. And I like Steve Zahn, and I don't like Lily Sobieski, except she's fine. Everybody's yeah. fine in this movie. And John Dahl's a great director who doesn't Ex- really do exactly. Hard. Yeah. Well, we watched the deleted scene, and it's a, it's a literally the halfway point of the movie on to the end. It's another movie. Uh-huh. And we're like, what? <laughs> so what you watch was the, the theatrical cut. But the deleted scene is another half of the movie, and both of them are actually kind of satisfying. Now the theatrical cut is the most satisfying. And the writer is J.J. Abrams before he really broke out. I didn't realize that. What? No? Oh. No. Really? Yeah, he wrote that movie. <laughs> oh, golly. Okay, then. Yeah, um, Eric Roberts was... was he was an audition for for uh, Rusty Nail. Rusty Nail. Candy cane. Well, Eric Roberts' take on it is really gross and sleazy. Like, yeah. Sounds disgusting. Like, no way, man. Don't get that guy. Get a menace. Is that guy. on the DVD? Yes. yes. Not. Oh. Not. Don't get. Get Ted Levine because he's perfect. He's got the perfect tenor to his voice and everything. And, well, okay. These kids pick up a car and they get a CB radio in it. They're they're gonna go pick up this girl girlfriend of one of the kids and then drive her to where she needs to go and they're just gonna have a fun time road tripping and they start goofing around with the CB radio which I have done by the way uh, we have done too and <laughs> was severely threatened by a trucker which, hey me yeah. too so I did the whole thing I didn't do what Steve Zahn did which is like hey I'm a lady meet me at this other place room seventeen I'm a sexy lady. And he's like, okay, what, what room? Room 17? Okay, I'm Rusty Nail. Whatever. I'm going rip up off there. your jaw. <laughs> yeah, it shows up there and bad things happen and then, okay. But my story, uh, I was a young teen, no, I was 16. And I had this walkie-talkie, a handheld walkie-talkie that had CB. That's what we had too, yeah. So I did that and this girl's like, who's on the line? Who's on the channel? You know, just went off. It was it was scary. We're like, oh god! But oh okay, no, he can't, he can't get us. Yeah, he can't get us because it's a walkie. T- okay, fine. But we were like scared for a second. Oh no, uh, we actually got arrogant and told the guy where we were. Did he come? Do you? No. But Did he drive by? Here's the thing. We're on the college dorm campus, so it's hard for a truck to get in. But. Um, I knew better. My best friend Ron knew better because we had been using CBs on our road trips for a long time. We grew up in that kind of world. But we had a friend who was from Chicago. He never dealt with truckers or whatever. He didn't understand mm-hmm. that kind of world. And he's just, he just takes it from us and starts talking serious smack. Like just basically uh, ripping in. You dumb redneck fat idiots, you know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, you're all sleeping with your sisters. And, That's awful. Uh, yeah. And, we didn't uh, do any of that. We didn't do any of that. No, we were just and, being stupid. Yeah. And he was like... 
Where are you? I'm going to kick your teeth in, boy. And he goes, I'm on so-and-so campus. Uh, and he tells us the dorm. Which dorm we're in. I mean, he could literally just walk in and go to the front desk and ask for someone. It's like, hey, your dad's here. And you know, and we just kept waiting for it. Just kept waiting for it. It's like, we have nothing to do with this. If anything happens, we have nothing to do with it, you moron. Oh, that's terrible. That's so bad. Ugh. Well, okay, Joyride. Have you seen the other ones? I've never seen two uh, or three. I saw the second one and I, I stopped after that. I didn't like it. But Joyride 1 was it's just great. It is a, a menacing trucker chasing some um, innocent stupid kids because they do a stupid thing. Pull, well, you know what? N- no, they don't. They goof off. They goof off. And if you're goofing off and somebody doesn't have a sense of humor and, uh, oh, I get it. You're not really there, okay? And if, if you're dumb enough to show up at the place... Don't go off killing people because some teenagers or college kids goofed off. That guy is totally wrong. The kids didn't do anything wrong, I'll tell you that. Yeah. They can be sorry. Maybe they did something sinful in the the whole spiritual sense of things, but they didn't really do anything that warranted the terror that they unleashed or was unleashed upon them. So, but yeah, anyway. Philosophical stuff. Yeah. Uh, The last one is Breakdown with Kurt Russell. A leisurely cross-country trip. What did you do? Hang on, I can't steer. An unexpected breakdown. Can you believe this? A helpful passerby. Folks all right? Our car broke down. I can give you a ride to Bell's. A little diner about five miles down the road. They got a payphone. Call a tow truck. They just come in and haul you out. It could happen to anyone. Excuse me. I was supposed to meet my wife here. This is dark hair, about 5'5". Five, five. Doesn't ring a bell. Pull over! Now an ordinary man. Listen, I, I'm looking for my wife. Look, I don't know how to tell you this, but I've never seen you before in my life. As an unbelievable story. It was him. It was this truck. The police are doubtful. I searched the truck. No sign of a struggle. The locals are suspicious. Well, there's over 100,000 people go missing in this country every year. All vanishing without a trace. But he's not worried about the ones who think he's crazy. My wife did not leave me. He's worried about the ones who know he's telling the truth. You the fella looking for his wife? Kurt Russell. You better pray she's alive. Breakdown. Okay, I was not able to watch this again. I blew it when it was on Netflix. It was on there forever and a day, and I blew it. I saw it when, okay. It um, is on Netflix still. What? I went and looked in the bog again, boo. I think. I mean, I just watched it. All right, maybe they took it no, off. No, no, no. You're right. It was on Netflix. It's on HBO. Okay. Uh, I have a funny story to tell you about. Breakdown is we were going to go see it in the theater. Um, I used to go like once a month or whatever with my mom to go see a movie. We both love Kurt Russell, so we're going to go see this. We stop at this place called Archway. It was a cookie factory. You buy the cookies wholesale. And uh, we go up to the stoplight. We're sitting there. I'm digging into the cookies, eating them. We get the green light. We go car rips the front of our the front of our car off we go spinning her head goes through the window um my, my the seat belt basically just slices right through me um and we, we spin and spin and spin wait and you have a, a scar on your body where the no, seat belt? It, it, it healed it, but it was like you know just bloody slice um and uh basically we're sitting there in the middle of the highway we have no idea what's going on my mom cannot see her glasses somehow went out the window after break so i'm in a haze and i don't even think about it i open the car door i see her glasses out in the middle of the road you know the cross 
-hmm. And uh, I just run out there. I didn't look. I could have been hit. I just grabbed the glasses, come back, and she's panicking. She doesn't know exactly what happened. Some guy runs up out of nowhere and starts like yelling, Are you okay, okay? It scares the crap out of us. Mm -hmm. And we're still in kind of a haze. I get her out of the car, and we still don't know what exactly hit us. And we sit down or whatever, and um, I kind of look over and I see the car over there. It's all damaged. I mean, this thing was like one of those heavy-duty uh, 70s cars that weighed a ton, ripping through a Mustang. And we were like tin foil to this thing. Yeah. And the dude ran the light. We had the green light because we were sitting there. And then we go. We, you, don't, you don't just sit there and go on a red. And he rips right through it, and uh, we get taken to the hospital, and there's a cop uh, questioning us. And I don't know this at the time. It's not a real cop. It's the airport cop. Hmm. He's doing all this questioning. And he's badgering the crap out of my mom. And she's strapped to this thing or whatever. And she's hurt. And I'm stuck in another room strapped to this thing that's digging into my skull. And, you know, basically what we discovered later is he had no right to question us because we weren't on airport property. For some reason, no real cop ever showed up. And he found out the kid had no insurance. It's like some 16-year-old kid with his friends joyriding. Uh -huh. Had no license, no insurance. And uh, made up this whole huge story where we ran the light. This old lady witnessed it. But in her statement, she said that I was six foot five and black. Which, obviously, I am not. And... <laughs> Wait, everybody, he's lying. I'm looking at him right now. He is six foot five and black. Uh -huh. and, for, for a six foot white guy <laughs> and uh, so that was obviously wrong and he just basically coursed it and he kept delaying certain things whatever and we were going to be sued that kid sued us somehow and we were going to go to court and we ended up settling out for nothing so we lost a car I was out of work for a couple weeks and you know my mom had like amnesia here and there she had mm -hmm. like spotty amnesia is that even a thing I'm not sure yeah I know I, I, I know what from you're the, talking about yeah from the head trauma for years she had trouble I think it took a couple years for everything to go back to normal and I was terrified of being in a car for a good long time understandable and, and of course we lost the car which we had in, we, she kept the thing perfect we always kept it in the garage low miles you know it just and I did not get to see breakdown in fact, I had this weird subconscious thing where I connected it, like the accent to Breakdown, especially since it was oh, a car movie. Right. Like, I was mugged once, and I was listening to a certain CD, and therefore I can never listen to that CD again without thinking of the uh -huh. mugging and get, like, kind of nervous. So it took years for me to see Breakdown, but when I finally saw it, sorry, this is a long-winded story. No, I, it's fine. We have time, actually. <laughs> this is um, good. So when I finally got to see Breakdown, I was like, holy crap, I wish I had not waited so long because, of course, A, I love Kurt Russell, and B, it's an amazing movie. Um, Jonathan Mostow's masterpiece. Yes, he would do bigger movies that were more successful. Yeah, this, this one's the best one, I think. He, I mean, he didn't do a lot either, which is kind of a shame. It's been yeah, a long this, time this since The Surrogates, yeah. Yeah, this one's but, really good. Go ahead. Yeah, and this, plot this, breakdown. Uh, the plot of Breakdown is exactly the plot of, of my, my move. We're going to Texas. They're they're going somewhere else, but we're going to Texas for uh, a life change, for a business thing, for just it's the new chapter. So these guys are going where they're going. They're driving across what, Arizona or something. And they're driving, and it's Kurt Russell and his wife, uh, not not Goldie Hawn. Who's the actress? Catherine Quinlan. Catherine Quinlan. Okay, yeah. Uh, they're driving, and then. Um, they break down, and a nice trucker named Red comes over and says, Hey, I'll, I'll give you guys a, a lift into town. Uh, not town, but there's a place that has it right up the road, and you guys can 
Get a tow truck there. He decides to stay with the truck with the broke down vehicle. She decides to go with the trucker, and then um, he doesn't see her ever again until the last act of the movie because she had been abducted. He does confront that trucker because he sees him again later, and he's it's like JT Walsh, right? Yeah, the amazing great, actor. Yeah, you never like him in any character that he plays, but he always plays him right. Oh yeah, uh, and he's like. I, I've never seen this guy in my life. To the cop that's right there. The cop looks around and the cop, you don't know if the cop is in on it or not. And I always thought that maybe the deputy was in on it. I have to see it again because it's still a little foggy. I remember the action sequences being very, very well made while not being over the top. Right. Very no, realistic. They're a lot, but like realistic for like what a guy like you or I pushed to that limit would do. Yeah, and Kurt Russell. He started, it was kind of a 90s thing where he started playing the everyman. Like yeah. the guy kind of out of his elements. He was some, I mean, well, no, he played guys out of his element, but somehow he knew how to handle it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Jack Burton, he just, you know, wisecracked through it, you know, and uh, in the thing, of course, he just does what he does best, just destroy whatever does his path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a way of handling situations, but this is the one thing where it seemed like his character had no control whatsoever. It's a little bit like unlawful entry. Because okay. usually he found a way to control a situation. Uh, both unlawful entry and breakdown, it's uh, hitting a man uh, very personally. It's not just a guy sent on a mission, like the way he was in Backdraft. you got to stop a fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. is about a guy taking away something very, very personal and not exactly understanding how to deal with it and have to right. bring himself to that point where he can deal with these amazing circumstances. But he has guys playing against it. You know, yeah. like in Alonso Entry, you have Ray Liotta. He's a cop. He's manipulating it. And then in this one, of course, J.T. Walsh and whoever else is in this group. Jack Noseworthy. It. Yeah. Uh, oh, whatever happened to that dude? Right? I never he, see him anymore. The last thing I saw him in was, uh, and he was he was killed in it. It was Event Horizon, which was shortly after this movie. That was a long time ago. Uh, uh, who's the guy? Uh, I call him Hank. He's, he's the big guy with the cowboy hat. He was... He was in Lost at one point, um, but I call him Hank because he's in um, Club Dread, which is a movie we've talked about. Uh, there's a saying, Hank, and this girl named You. Hank and You are dead. Who? Who are you talking about? Me? Stupid lines in the movie, puns all over. I the haven't movie. seen it forever. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, that, so I always call him Hank, uh, but he's this big guy, and he wasn't actually. Uh, he, ga- he gained a lot of weight since then, so he was in his svelte form, and he's pretty tall. He's he's one of the henchmen in it. Let me see what actor we possibly could be talking about. Uh, MC Ganey. Is that him? Is that it? Does he have kind of a southern draw? Big yeah, he's mustache? a cowboy. He's a cowboy. Was he in Con Air? Yeah, probably. He's a pilot swamp thing? <laughs> yeah, probably that guy. Rex Lynn, of course, he's a sheriff. He plays a bunch of those cowboy kind of guys. Yeah, the rest of these guys are not sure right now. Yeah, this this movie is really satisfying. Very, very satisfying of a of a thriller. They do. He does succeed in in what? He, yeah, okay. But he Just goes watch to it. such limits, you know. If you have HBO, amazing. oh, the end of it, man, with the truck and the, the sweat, man, sweat. That's that's really tense. That's really tense. There's there's a bridge and a truck and a car and a and bad things. And then crush, and then ah, yeah, it's very tense. So <laughs> breakdown, <laughs> right, 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 right. Breakdown. I hope it doesn't happen to us. 
Knock on the wood. But I'm not superstitious, so who cares? Uh, I do care that we don't break down. So, uh, we'll know by the next podcast if I right. have broken so down. This this may be the last episode. <laughs> no! no. <laughs> Alright, so... What's our next episode going to be? It's the grab bag. It's the, just the in general car thing. If any okay. thrillers that we missed, uh, License to Drive is going to be on there. Silly comedies. Movie whatever. violations, yeah. Movie and then violation. we're going to try like, racing movies. I found a couple of really great small ones. Uh, okay. Independent movies that we should watch. Faster? Yeah, so gonna... Look, I didn't want to talk about Faster on here. Yeah. I, just, I just got the Blu-ray. I just got the Blu-ray. I have something good to say about it. I like the movie. Um uh-huh. Yeah, you should watch. I was it bored, again. you know, and it's just me in time for Fast and Furious, so we should probably discuss that a little. Well, bit. that's actually in the grab bag. That's why the grab bag in general uh, car stuff. So because as the series has gone on, I've fallen in love. At first, it was kind of you know, like eh, exactly, it's point, exactly. It's point breaking cars, but then it's yeah, moving on, it, you know, right? So, All right, so I think that's next it. episode is 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 uh is our grab bag, Fast and Furious ish. Other car, funny, silly, whatever. Non- okay, so, yeah, so we are up on Facebook. Retro Rocket Entertainment is my website. This is kind of a spinoff of that, so it's under Video Night! Exclamation point. Yep, Video Night. We have playlists that we mentioned earlier, and we have Tumblr, correct? Yeah, videonight.tumblr.com. That's actually if you just want to go and listen to, this, to the podcast or try to get the YouTube links. So, Good that's job. what we got. Good job. In the meantime... I'm going to be driving and getting tired. Get into my car. Who, me? Yes, you. <laughs> what? Uh, when, I was, when I was at work today, we were listening to Billy Ocean, and I was remember that song oh, from actually, License that's to Drive. Oh, actually, that's, that's the playlist for the next show is Get Into My Car. Is <laughs> actually what I call but it. But I, I like to sing it without any rhythm whatsoever. Who, me? Yes, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Get Into My Car is the next show. All righty. See you later, guys. Bye-bye.